0: Blog Talk Radio <laughs> There is someone waiting who will hurry up and rescue you. Just
1: call
0: for Super Chicken. Welcome to the Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show, brought to you by Tractor Supply, where we give away more chicken coops and chicken-related prizes than anyone else on the planet. We are often imitated, but never duplicated. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, national spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor-in-chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Today is Monday, June 2nd. My son Caleb's birthday is today, and I would like to thank all of you for tuning in this afternoon on Blog Talk Radio. This is a live radio show that is broadcast around the world. This radio show is all about keeping backyard poultry, show poultry, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit our website, chickenwhisperer.com, or you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and sign up for the free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Tractor Supply. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, You've just entered a dimension of dirty water, a dimension of poop-filled water, a dimension of stagnant water. You've crossed into the dirty waterer zone. But up ahead is your signpost to cleaner water. The Bright Tap Chicken Waterer. The Bright Tap Waterer is fully covered. Chickens drink from special valves, so dirt and droppings can't get into the water. Chickens get sparkling clean water. You get less work. No poop-filled water pans for you to touch or wash out. Bright Tap. Clean water made simple. Visit chickenwaterer.com to learn more. That's chickenwaterer.com.
1: Established in 1957, GQF has become the name to trust when it comes to quality products and superior customer service.
0: GQF offers a wide range of poultry products, including incubators, brooders, feeders, waters, and much, much more. Give them a call at 912-236-0651 or visit them online at gqfradio.com. That's GQFRadio.com. Are you in the market for a new chicken coop? Want one that will outlast all the others? Then check out Urban Coop Company. All of their coops are made from 100% appearance-grade western red cedar with galvanized hardware and advanced all-weather joinery right here in the USA. USA. Compared to other coupes, Urban Coop Company coupes will last longer and look better doing it. They're designed to be both beautiful and functional. In fact, they have earned the Chicken Whisperer Seal of Approval and are Chicken Whisperer Approved. I invite you to browse their website to learn more about the many features of their coupes and check out their integrated coupe accessories that will make your life easier. Urban Coop Company is a family-owned business located in Dripping Springs, Texas, USA. They're passionate about building great coops because they know you're passionate about your backyard chickens. Visit them online at urbancoopcompany.com. That's urbancoopcompany.com. And the mighty
1: bird against prejudice Continues his fight for law
0: and
2: order. So when you hear that cry in the sky, you'll know it's Super
0: Chicken. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. It is Monday, which only means one thing: we've got Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First State Vet Supply. You can visit them online, First State that supply dot com. He's here today. We're talking about egg quality, meaning the shell basically. So we're talking all about healthy eggshells and, and uh if you have those weak uh, eggshells, if you have those thin eggshells, uh what can you do to try to uh, change that? There may be nothing you can do if it's maybe something uh Uh, wrong, uh, a hereditary issue or or something like that with with the hen, maybe no matter how much calcium you give your chickens, uh, they just can't utilize it to make those good hard eggshells. But we're going to talk all about that today, specifically Peter Brown is. So let's go ahead and switch over and we'll go ahead and give him a chicken whisperer. Welcome. Hey, Peter, how you doing? Thanks for joining us today. I'm doing well, Andy. How about you? I'm doing pretty good what i'm gonna do here though in just a second i'm gonna i'm gonna be away for a, a couple of minutes i was uh, i'm I'm enjoying uh the outside and it is all a part of being uh outside enjoying this beautiful day here in the northeast Georgia mountains. We are still kind of on on the road as always, but um uh those who uh when when I say this can relate I had just uh found a tick on me. So uh, it was just crawling around. it hadn't bedded down yet, thank goodness. So um, I am going to go and uh, de if you will, and, uh, <laughs> and see if I've got any more of those little boogers on me. We went over to the playground uh, with Caleb earlier this morning, and, and Lily, I'll check them too, but I'm going to um, basically de-robe and, uh, and check and see if I have any of those little critters crawling on me before they barrel down and start sucking my blood. And... Um, i got to hate that. But I thought I felt something crawling on me when I got out of the car. And then, uh, but then, and I may have swatted it, and it may have just kind of held on to my shirt or something. And then I was getting ready. In fact, I played the first commercial, and I felt something crawling on my back, reached down in my shirt. and... Very low and bold. There it is. So, um, so you know how it is. Every time you, uh, you know, oh, there's a spider over there in the corner, and then you start itching. Oh, there's an ant on my foot, and then you start itching. There's an ants all over me now. So uh, yeah,
1: everybody, there, done that everybody
0: out there listening, going, rolling your eyes. You know, you've been there. You know, you you, you you kill a spider on your picnic table, and next thing you know, you're looking and you're scratching and you're feeling, and you're like, ah, they're on me somewhere. So, uh I don't like to play around with ticks nonetheless. So I'm gonna turn it over to you for a few minutes and let you get started right. with talking about eggshell quality, what we can do uh what we can do as chicken owners to achieve that. Okay. And uh, I'll just give you a shout out when I get back, hopefully tick free, uh, in just a few minutes.
2: <laughs> All right. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Well, we'll start out with um uh trying to uh, uh understand the uh, uh relationship between um uh, calcium and phosphorus and uh... vitamin d3 uh... in relation to uh... eggshell quality um, but before we get into th- to that particular uh... uh segment of the of talking um, we need to look at some of the things that can uh... factor into the reasons why um, the uh... the birds uh, are producing eggshells that are not um, in line with what you would expect. Uh, Normally, we would like to see a good, uh, well-shaped, pointed end on one, rounded end on the other, uh, smooth eggshell of good, high quality, (coughs) um, no sandiness to it, uh, no crinkling to it, um, no slab-sided, meaning flat-sided on one side, round on the other, uh, thin-shelled rubber egg, uh, and so on. So there, there are many, many, many factors that go into this. Um, uh, so I decided to, that it might be time to talk about some of the other things because from time to time uh, somebody will either ask on this show, or call me, or email me, or whatever, uh, talking about you know eggshells, uh, rubber eggs, uh, and so on. And uh, generally, the standard answer would be that it's a calcium-phosphorus uh, imbalance, and in the majority and the vast majority of the cases this is true. Uh, There are other factors um, and other reasons uh, why this may come around uh, and how those calcium phosphorus uh, ratios get out of balance. Um, We've talked about uh, before about the interdependency uh, of one um, vitamin and or mineral or vitamins and minerals upon each other in order to proceed forward and be absorbed. Uh, So we'll go into a little bit about about those things. But um, the causes of eggshell, uh, the softness, uh, uh, sandiness, uh, um, slab-sided, odd-shaped, lack of color and everything uh, can, like I said, be caused by a number of different things. Uh, Usually we look at it as a calcium deficiency. Uh, If the calcium is deficient in, in the bird's body, uh, usually these things take place over a long period of time. Uh, the uh, uh, diet can be deficient for quite some time in, uh, in calcium, but um, not show up for um, weeks, even months, depending on, on how good a layer the bird is. The more prolific the layer a bird is, the more an abnormality will show up in the shell uh, based on the fact that the uh, diet is deficient in calcium. Um, vitamin D3 um, is, a, is another uh, uh, vitamin, uh, calcium being a mineral, vi- vitamin D3 being the vitamin that is responsible for um, uh, eggshell hardness and, and, and so on. Uh, so, deficiency of, of vitamin D3 or inability of the bird to absorb uh, vitamin D3. Uh, can uh, lead to a multitude of other things not being absorbed either and uh, so then we go on to from vitamin D3 deficiency to trace minerals Um, these would be things such as uh, cobalt, magnesium, iron, potassium, uh, phosphorus and of course calcium and um, the uh, normal diet would have um, uh, most of these things if not all of them incorporated into it Um, and uh, with the general emphasis in most poultry diets being on the phosphorus and the calcium, but a deficiency in the vitamin D3 and/or the calcium can lead to deficiencies in the other things, uh, these trace minerals. <coughs> and when we have that, then we end up with, uh, uh, you know, poor shell quality and, and so on. Um, diseases. Um, I'm not going to run through too many of them, but three that come to mind. Uh, that uh, certainly have been implicated many, many times and continue to be implicated in, in eggshell quality problems. Uh, one would be Newcastle disease. Uh, it's a virus. Uh, all three of these actually are viruses. Uh, infectious bronchitis. Um, and the, the bad thing about infectious bronchitis is that it, in, it affects the entire uh, uh, oviduct from top to bottom. So we can see abnormalities from... from uh, Blood spots in the eggs to to uh, ovums that ovulate uh, improperly, um, to ones that uh, don't make it their way down the uh, the oviduct uh, and, and back up into the body cavity, to ones that do make it down um, and um, uh, have these uh, odd looking shells put on them. Uh, and one of the reasons for that is that these viruses, you know, damage the cells that are responsible for the production of the uh, albumin in production of the, of the shell. And uh, bear in mind that a bird's uh, uh, an egg spends the majority of its time in the oviduct in the shell gland, which is all, almost all the way at the bottom. So, um, <clears throat> so diseases certainly can do it. Uh, avian influenza is another one that comes to mind uh, uh, as, as well. The, the um, other things that can cause uh, these particular problems uh, are problems with the immune system. Uh, particularly the parathyroid thyroid gland uh, and the um, ultimobrachial uh, bodies which are located uh, all at the base of the neck basically the parathyroid and then the real real small uh, uh, ultimobrachial bodies, they're, they're little tiny glands that are kind of right behind the uh, the parathyroid gland and we'll go into them in a little bit more uh, detail, I want to go through and, and while well, I've got it straight in my head where we're going with this stuff, so um, I want to move on to um, other factors uh, that, that would uh, in, uh, influence the uh, eggshell uh, quality uh, and or the quality of the uh, internal uh, uh, parts of the egg, the albumin. Uh, certainly breeds, uh, certain breeds of birds um, uh, have problems laying uh, good quality uh, eggs uh, um, Certainly most of them early on in their life do a good job, but majority of birds as they age uh, don't do a good job of putting down a good shell, but there are, are uh, certain breeds that would have a uh, tendency to have uh, more of a problem with that. Um, the, uh, besides the breed, uh, we start looking at temperature. We look at the, the uh, uh, ambient temperature outside. As the temperature rises, birds have a tendency to back away from feed a little bit, um, drink more water. Uh, this uh, automatically, uh, without being a disease problem, uh, automatically makes the uh, albumin in the egg um, more uh, viscous or loose, uh, watery, if you like, uh, than it normally would be. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the day length uh, can uh, can also um, um, uh, allow this to be a problem. Uh, the flock. Age or individual bird age if you're keeping one or two birds or you're keeping thousands of birds, the uh, age of the flock <coughs> certainly uh, does um, influence in a very large way the uh, the eggshell quality. Uh, the commercial poultry industry uh, is always uh, fighting <coughs> to uh, keep good uh, uh, eggshells on the birds' uh, eggs and uh So the the higher the quality of the egg, uh, the more money you get for it. Uh, There's not a whole lot of money for eggs that have to be sent to what's called the breakers, those are the ones that go into dog food and other other things that are not fit for putting in a carton and putting on the table. And it's just a, um, has nothing really to do with the quality of the egg inside, for the most part, has to do with shell quality, okay? Okay. some of the other things that can uh, factor into this uh, would be medications, uh, primarily uh, the sulfur drugs. Uh, using sulfur drugs um, on birds producing eggs for human consumption is a no-no in the first place, but as a side uh, effect of that or another caveat to that is that uh, it can interfere with the absorption of the calcium and the phosphorus, and you end up with um, uh, some Uh, thin-shells, softer-shelled eggs uh, than you'd like uh, from uh, medications uh, of of that type. Um, Stress is a big factor uh, in uh, birds that are producing eggs, whether they be for human consumption or for hatching uh, or any other purpose. And one of the uh, (coughs) problems with stress is that the corticosteroids that are produced uh, can actually damage the cells uh, that are in the oviduct that are responsible for um, putting down the shell, and uh, it causes the, the uh, acidification, if you will, of the uh, intestinal, uh, the uh, uh, the oviduct, and um, uh, this can this is common uh, where we see extra deposits of calcium on the on the eggs. So. Uh, you may want to look at that if you see uh, birds' uh, eggs coming out with these curly, cute little dimples on them and uh, extra spots of calcium that look like they're stuck to the egg. Uh, you may want to take a look at the stress level of the flock, uh, see who's bullying, see who's beating up on each other, shoving other ones out of the nest or trying to all get in a nest at the same time. All of these are stresses, uh, the stresses of uh, and pressures of, of breeding. Uh, uh, males constantly uh, mating with females and so on and so forth uh, puts a tremendous amount of stress uh, on the flock, and so you might want to take a look at that <clears throat> as far as the uh, this is connected to the uh, the uh, stress factor and and the uh, um, softness of the uh, of the shells or or the uh, overall quality of, of these shells. Okay, um, the Immune system problems that can uh, come along. We were talking about the uh, parathyroid gland, or we, at least we mentioned it. I said I'd come back to it. Um, the um, parathyroid gland is uh, responsible for, for uh, producing a hormone called parathormone, and um, this is responsible, this hormone in itself is responsible for uh, keeping the uh, blood calcium level uh, low, okay? Uh, Now you might say, well, gee, don't you want it high? Well, we don't want it super high, so we have hormones uh, within the system of the bird that um, are going to um, control this on a high and low. It's kind of like a high and low switch, kind of like your thermostat, okay? Right. When your thermostat gets down to a, let's say you want it to come on, uh, you know, 68 degrees and go off at 70, well, you set it that way, and and uh, when it gets up 70, it cuts off. Well, kind of the same uh, uh, thing here. So this uh, parathyroid uh, gland, located basically at the bottom of the neck, okay, um, is going to produce this uh, parathormone uh, uh, hormone, and is going to keep the level from uh, getting um, or keep it down. Okay, the the um, the uh, ultimobrachial uh, kind of a weird name uh, bodies that we talked about, which are <clears throat> down close to the uh, the parathyroid gland on the bird's neck, they are going to re- be responsible for bringing it back up. So there's your thermostat. Those two hormones, um, cutting in, cutting out, adjusting and readjusting and getting some sort of semblance of balance to this system so that there is enough calcium uh, 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 circulating in the bloodstream uh, to to put uh, uh, an eggshell of good quality down uh, on the bird. Now, I we've said this before. We've talked about it many, many times as far as uh, birds are concerned. If you're not... <clears throat> if the calcium levels that they are receiving, whether it be absent in the feed that you're buying, feed that you're mixing yourself, or or whatever the case may be, um, the uh, calcium level uh, needs to be such that the bird is not constantly taking excess uh, calcium from its bones. Because if the calcium is not available for the bird to, um, uh, to have... Uh, in its its diet and put that down on the shell it's going to take it out of the bones and they usually do take some out of the bones but it shouldn't be uh, a dramatic um, uh, situation when it becomes dramatic okay, when uh, when the calcium levels are not sufficient over a long period of time they will draw that bone uh, calcium out and put it down on those eggs and um, when that happens then you throw the bird into a ricket situation uh, rickets. All rickets really means, basically, is that this is a severe softening of the bird's bones, and it means the long bones of the legs, it means the bones of the wings, it means the rib cage. Uh, we've seen this many, many times, and I personally have seen it many, many times uh, as well. Um, in in uh, what they call cage layer fatigue, uh, on a post-mortem inspection of a bird, you'll actually see with the rib cage itself. Because of the lack of calcium has been broken many times and repaired. and so as you come down the rib where uh, where that rib should be nice and smooth, you'll come to a little spot it's got a little bump out on it, and that's where it's been repaired, almost like a little weld. okay so it, it is important that all of these things uh, be kept in check. Um, now, how does the immune system get out of whack like that? It could be hereditary, uh, it could be caused by Uh, infectious bursal disease, or what's known as gumboro disease. This could be a problem that was early on um, in the bird's life, uh, where they were uh, infected with the the virus that causes uh, the uh, uh, infectious bursal disease problem. And uh, for those of you that are not familiar with it, the infectious bursal disease uh, organism, it's a virus, uh, affects mainly young birds. And um, it its target organ is called the bursa fabricius. The bursa is located at the very tail end of the, of the bird's uh, intestinal tract. Um, if you, On a post-mortem, if you wanted to just look at bursas to see if there was uh, bursal damage, uh, you, with a gloved finger, you would insert your finger into the vent and push upward towards the oil gland and then cut down pretty much through the oil gland and uh, kind of gingerly do it. You don't want to uh, destroy everything in, in the way, but then the bursar will pop right out. It looks like a little marble, so to speak. And um, by looking at that, uh, it looks like a fan normally if you open it up and, and look at it. And if it's infected, generally it's it's uh, can have some gelatinous material in it and or blood and a little bit tinged with blood and stuff. And um, so th- those kinds of things, that, that kind of virus uh, obviously can help to uh, um, uh, interfere with the uh, immune system, interfere with the uh, uh, parathyroid gland and its uh, production uh, of the um, uh, parathormone. The uh, brachial bodies, uh, they produce a hor- hormone called uh, calcitonin, and uh, so it would interfere with the calcitonin, which is going to keep the level higher. The um, uh, parathormone, which is going to, if the... Um, level gets too high it's going to bring it back down so you're going to get that balancing effect. Um, you know it should be noted that you know it takes a um, you, you may not think of it in, in these terms but it takes about uh, depending on the size of the bird the bigger the bird a little bit more uh, calcium is going to be needed but on average uh, if you average it out you're probably looking at somewhere around two grams of calcium per day per bird per eggshell. Um, so that's a, that's a lot. You know, it doesn't seem like, like I said, two grams is no big deal, you know, but it is. Um, You know, and some of the other ways that, that, uh, and I want to throw this out there because it is a little bit of a pet peeve of mine, but, uh, you know, for those that are not feeding a balanced diet, you can cause these problems yourself. Uh, And this is by uh, too many treats. you know, the whole idea of a, of a finished, complete feed that you go down to Tractor Supply or you go to your local feed store or wherever you buy your feed, uh, the whole idea of that is that they should be eating that and that only. And that's and if you're looking for egg production or, or hatching egg production or table egg production, that kind of stuff. So if you're looking to get your money's worth out of your birth, it behooves you not to give them a bunch of, of uh, treats. It doesn't mean you can't throw something out every now and then, some watermelon rind or some grapes or... Uh, whatever they'll, mm-hmm. they will eat some tomatoes or, or whatever. But they do it on a on a daily basis, or we'll put big piles of this stuff out, so that this is what they're consuming, rather than because they'll go for what they like. You know, so it's, it's all a palatability thing. So, uh, you know, if they find something they really like, as as uh, as humans do as well, we'll we'll go we'll out and gorge ourselves on it, and and uh, not eat the necessary things that, that may be there. Uh, that we really need to eat and chickens are no different we've seen it time in time out we've talked about it on a show we've had people call in that have tried to raise birds on scratch we've had people call in that have uh, mm-hmm. tried to raise birds on just corn uh, and you know, wonder why they're not growing wonder why they're not getting eggs, eggs out of them and <clears throat> this is part of the reason um, not only not getting any eggs they're not going to get any shell either so um, so these deficiencies you know um, a lot of these things can be overcome very easily uh, by paying attention uh, and not overdoing things, uh, I know a lot of folks we deal with day in and day out on this show and my daily business, uh, you know, love their birds tremendously, and, and I'm okay with that. That's cool. I think it's a great thing. But uh, there is such a thing as killing them with kindness as well, and I think that you know sometimes you need to reel it in just a little bit and uh, you know get a grip on it and understand it. And if you're not interested in egg production, then it really doesn't matter. You know, if you don't care what the shells look like, or if they ever lay an egg, that's okay too. Then you can do pretty much what you want, but you still have to maintain the uh, the overall body uh, of the bird, and you can't throw the bird into a situation of rickets and and things of those uh, of that nature. So it, it's easy to do, but it takes a long time because you know it's all the calcium that's in their bones. But they will they will do it. They will take it out of their out of their system uh, to the point of of death. So. Um, you know you need to be cognizant of those things um, uh, you know to uh, to ward these things off, but it is more than just a calcium uh uh phosphorus ratio vitamin d three deficiency um and also then depending on what's you know what's caused that um, situation you know to uh to come about um, we oftentimes will see uh rickets in young chicks that are just hatched out uh, you know two or three weeks after they're hatched, uh, you start to see the uh, the rickets. And sometimes you can see it earlier because if they, they come from a breeding flock that was deficient in calcium, that's going to come over into the chick and there's not going to be enough calcium laid down. So they might not show you the, the, the rubbery legs and all that stuff right off the bat, but feed them a diet that's deficient uh, after they hatch as well, and you will see it. It's, it's, uh, uh, with the advent of the complete feed, it's pretty much gone away for the most part. But every now and then, Something happens. Something got left out of the feed somewhere along the line, and um, this uh, you know the, the birds will be thrown into a, a ricket situation. And chicks need it more than more than uh, uh, more so than an adult bird might at that point because they uh, they need readily available calcium now because they're growing and they're growing very rapidly, uh, where the adult uh, you know has the calcium in the bones. The birds, <clears throat> the chicks are not born with the same ratio of calcium in their bones that an adult would have, so therefore a slight deficiency there can mean a huge problem, and uh, and you know usually it does. You know most of the time, um, you know uh, what people consider egg binding, egg binding, in many many cases is a calcium hmm. deficiency, and it, it, it does not allow the oviduct to expand and the, the egg gets stuck. Uh, in the shell gland, waiting on the calcium and it 's just sitting there, sitting there, sitting there it 's kind of like uh you know the the old days when you played a phonograph, you know, and you didn 't take the
1: <clears throat>
2: you didn 't take the the needle off the record, it kept going along and skip out every now and then. So, you know mm-hmm. what, you know i 'm saying it 's the same same thing and, and uh, but so when it, it 's just a matter of 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 really paying attention um, you know and getting a, a grip on all of this stuff um, you know, and one of the uh, One of the things that that has to be kept in mind as well is that um, we've talked about this many times before about uh, different deficiencies of different things, and one thing can be deficient. And so let's assume for the moment that the calcium-phosphorus ratio uh, for the moment is fairly correct within a bird. But you go to the store and you get some feed that's deficient in vitamin D3. Yeah. You know, so, kind of, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal about it is, is that uh, vitamin D3 is a uh, huge, huge, huge player in causing the calcium to be absorbed through the intestinal wall. So here we have just what I've been talking about for years. Okay, we have this four-way stop, three-way stop. We've got calcium on one side, phosphorus on the other, but vitamin D3 is late to the party. So what do we end up with? We end up with soft-shelled eggs. We end up with shells that are thin. We end up with, uh, you know, the, the uh, uh, wrinkly shells and, and all that kind of stuff because, you know, vitamin D3 didn't get to the party on time, you see. And once you supplement with vitamin D3, the, vitamin, the calcium and the phosphorus all go together. The vitamin D3 helps with the absorption through the intestinal wall. The eggshells get better. I mean, the whole idea of this whole thing and what we're talking about here today is to try to ward these things off and also talk about the fact you know that uh, you know these anomalies come along and, and and there's a lot more to it. It's a lot more in depth too uh, than we're going to go into here today uh, but uh, you know you're finding out things here I don't think most people have found out before that these hormonal things uh, are extremely important, almost everything that goes on inside of a bird in one way, shape, form or another is controlled by a hormone somewhere or a vitamin or mineral somewhere and an interruption in the flow of those hormones or the vitamins uh the minerals uh, or whatever uh, lack of or tied up somewhere or waiting on something else to happen so it can be absorbed um uh, really does end up causing a lot of problems and um you know I had somebody yesterday uh and um had a bird that seemed to be um, you know possibly possibly eggbound and um, the word I have this morning is the bird's a lot better, and all we did uh, doesn't mean the bird's going to recover. The bird is acting a lot better, eating better, and so on and so forth. But I've seen that before, where then they die the next day. So it's, you know, you never know uh, 100% what you're dealing with. But uh, a simple thing of uh, you know taking a couple of tons and giving it to the bird because it's you know it's calcium and uh, seemed to make a, a huge improvement. And um, <laughs> You know, so these kinds of things, uh, you know, are important. We've talked about it, um, uh, you know, numerous times, and I think it's it's always worthy of, of talking about it. Uh, we're coming into the summer months now. Uh, some places we're already heavy into it. We're we're back into the thing of you know seventy-five, eighty-degree days here, but that's going to be short-lived, I'm sure. And um, you know, so. The hot temperatures are going to bring out those those problems with the the, uh, the eggshells possibly, and I think you know you need to be thinking about what's your game plan going to be for uh, trying to ward it off, so that you know, if you're selling eggs to to, uh, to people and their regular customers, they're not going to appreciate the thin shells and and that kind of stuff. I'm sure. Other um, other abnormalities that can cause uh, uh, problems with the, with the shell. We'll go more into body systems here uh, for a moment. Um, the uh, liver is responsible for the uh, 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 yeah metabolism. That's the word i for. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, jeez.
2: For so the metabolism of of the vitamin D3 is, as well. So if you have birds with an impaired liver function, if you have birds with lymphoid leukosis, if you have birds with Marek's disease that's affecting the visceral organs such as the liver. Um, or any of these things, um, it's certainly going to affect uh, the possibility of a bird uh, laying uh, eggshells uh, or eggs with shells that are, are not uh, uh, up to the standard that, that you would like to have. Um, those people, again, going back to treats, I think this is important. Um, when you talk about uh, giving uh, you know, treats to, uh, to birds... Um, you don't want to give them things that are going to drastically change the pH of the intestine. This goes for medications. We see it lots of times. People will worm uh, birds, and it throws their gut into a uh, a, a real turmoil situation. Um, and um, it allows bacteria then, when that pH changes, in the, in, and it changes in a fashion that the uh, uh, bad bacteria that that still can live in the intestine. Don't forget, the bird does have E. coli and that kind of thing living in the intestine, but when it stays in the lower part where it belongs, everybody's fat, dumb, and happy. When a pH change happens and lets it move uh, north of where it's supposed to be, you start having problems. And so the same thing goes for, uh, for the absorption of the calcium uh, in a bird's uh, system uh, and phosphorus. So uh, don't only leave phosphorus out, don't leave, but they're all one interdependent upon the other, but also their systems, the liver, uh, the intestinal tract, uh, the pH of the intestinal tract, uh, the condition of the oviduct, uh, whether it's uh, got issues related to uh, uh, infectious uh, bronchitis, which is the, the biggest uh, problem uh, for birds uh, uh, after they contract that uh, the uh, problems associated with, uh, uh, with eggshell um, uh, quality as far as slab-sided, flat-sided, and all that kind of stuff. So there, there's so much stuff going on uh, that any one system that falls out of whack uh, certainly uh, you know, can bring about all of these uh, uh, you know, different problems. And we've talked about it before, but you're looking at, oh, pH in the gut somewhere between 5 and 6 in that range is good for the calcium and phosphorus to be absorbed uh, without any interference. But you start getting over a pH of 6 and up, and then you start to have problems. So here we go again. The, 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 the ingredients are there getting ready to be thrown into the mixing bowl, but somebody's got a cover on the mixing bowl. Can't get in. When we take that pH and change it over top of the mixing bowl, everything falls into place, and the mixture goes on, and absorption takes place. That's the easiest way to explain it. That's, uh, so, uh, and I think you have to um, understand too. Uh, like I said before, uh, average eggshell, depending on the size of the bird, bigger bird might be a little bit more, but you're looking at around two grams or so uh, of calcium. Rule of thumb is that you want the bird to be consuming then at least uh, four plus grams of calcium per day. Okay. Now things that you can do to um, help your situation uh, in times of, uh, let's start with the weather. Um, In times of heat, uh, some vitamin uh, and electrolyte supplementation in the drinking water would be great. Um, It'll help the birds uh, uh, cool themselves down because as they... uh, start to pant and give off more carbon dioxide. It changes uh, the pH in the, of, the, uh, of the blood and, and the body, and they start to lose their uh, minerals a lot quicker, mainly salt and, and potassium and, and, and so on. So you, you know, that, would, that would be a great thing uh, to, to do there to try to alleviate the situation a little bit. You can add some vitamin C uh, to the water because uh, vitamin C, little known to most people, it works together uh, with uh, vitamin D um, to, um, uh, to release the uh, 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 calcitonin uh, hormone, okay? So there we go again. We have another system, okay, mm-hmm. that is totally dependent upon some other thing happening, and when it doesn't happen, <laughs> we have a problem. So we're at that juncture again where the three-way, the four-way, the five-way stop, whichever it is, somebody didn't show up, well, somebody had an accident on the way to the party, and now we're not going to have good quality eggshells. So a lot of stuff can be prevented. I mean, it's really, uh, really, really simple, but it's, uh, it's uh, something that, um, you know, you can uh, you know, really drive you crazy trying to figure it all out. when really, it's, mm-hmm. it's actually quite, quite simple. And getting back to the, um, the situation with the intestinal pH, that goes back to giving treats. We see a lot of problems with eggshells and, and birds overall. Uh, uh, overduct health when people start changing uh, the diet by adding this, adding that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, Um, to keep them on a on a steady even keel of eating things um, is probably the best thing you can do for the birds. The treats are for you, not that (laughs) you'll eat. The treats are for you because it makes you feel good, and that you know there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not. You know, we get a bunch of emails and stuff. Oh yeah, nope. <laughs> I get it, I get it. But you know, you must do it in moderation if you're looking to control uh, the eggshells uh, and their quality and the interior quality of the egg. Okay, mm-hmm. and you know, it just makes you know, just makes good sense. So the you know, you can add vitamin C, um, you can uh, uh, add sodium bicarb to the uh, to the uh, drinking water. Um, about four grams per gallon of water, um, and that will help shore up the uh, the uh, absorption of the calcium uh, and stuff as well. Uh, but you know the main things you can do is keep disease away. Certainly, uh, you don't want to uh, have problems with Newcastle bronchitis, avian influenza, and that that goes back to the simple thing of biosecurity. Nobody comes in it. you can't. Pretty hard to get something mm-hmm. if you don't uh, if you don't allow anybody in. Uh, it's a, to me. It's more of a of a rarity. You know, you don't you don't catch a cold by taking a bath and walking outside your door. Uh, you catch you know you might get cold, but uh, you uh, you know and you know when we look at um, calcium deficiencies and and things of that nature, we start looking at uh, those that are trying to hatch eggs. We start looking at uh, poor hatches. Uh, we start looking at birds that uh, you know if they. Um, come from uh, calcium deficient flocks they start coming out uh, rickets Uh, you know we don't you don't want all these kinds of things and um, and there is such a thing as having a calcium level too high and it can become uh, you know somewhat uh, uh, of a problem and that can interfere with the absorption of uh, phosphorus you need way more calcium than you need phosphorus okay Way more. Too much calcium can affect the kidneys as well, can't it, Peter? Yeah, and that's why, that's why during, the, uh, during the, um, the the growing period we don't overload them with, with calcium. And, uh, mm-hmm. But um, it, um, the calcium level uh, at that stage of the game, um, when it gets to I believe the figure is 2.5%, somewhere around there, uh, you can start to have uh, what they call kidney nephrosis.
1: Uh, mm-hmm.
2: Or visceral gout. Uh, we talked about that a while back. Um, you know, and it's 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 devastating. I mean, it, you know, it, you lose birds all over the place, um, mm-hmm. and you can also get uh, calcium deposits built up in the ureters of the bird, so that the you know uh, urination becomes difficult or almost impossible, so then you get a backup of uh, urates into the kidney. Uh, so when mm-hmm. you know this, when you open up the bird, you'll see that the uh, the uretas coming down from the kidneys. Are, are totally backed up the top of the kidneys are all white uh, from the urate deposits that keep backing up and uh... Um, but you know the calcium deficiency again you're going to get the you know the low hatchability uh, thin-shelled uh, eggs uh, you'll get mortality r- rickets uh, the birds will stop laying um, which is uh... is part of the thing like when we talk about birds who are internal layers okay? uh... this would be worth throwing out there to people one of the reasons why I say to people the only way to stop it is to make that birth system realize that it cannot continue to do this. And the way of doing that is to pull food feed and water for at least 24 hours, sometimes the feed for a little bit longer, water for no more than 24. And then you mm-hmm. have to go into a, a, a total darkout situation. And that can take days because what you're trying to do is say, hey, you don't have the resources to keep this stuff up and the the object then is to make this bird's hormonal system reset its circadian clock so that these hormones will will help the bird ovulate in the proper manner so that the uh she quits doing it and um you know 50/50 sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't but um you know that's that's the uh, the, the you know that's the, the the best you can do for that type of a situation but um The same thing goes here then. So uh, a bird who is deficient, its it's system eventually is going to say, okay, took enough calcium out of the bones here, you took enough of these other vitamins, uh, the rest of us are not going to be able to function down here if you don't cut it out, and so they stop playing. Now I just want to wrap this up by talking about uh, calcium supplementation. Let me do this. Let me take a little
0: break uh, before we get to that. And then I'm also okay. going to throw out a question um, that we can talk about when we come back. You can finish the um, supplementation, and then I will um, uh, we'll talk about this question. And because uh, uh, the, the, the backyard keeper, a lot of great information for them, um, what can cause this. We're going to talk about supplementation, how we can help this thing, things like that. But maybe we also want to come back right before you go and after you finish uh, your next segment. Um talk about some things that we may see that uh, is common, that, that is not to be uh, alarmed about, like different uh, eggshell p- patterns or the extra calcium deposits on the end of the egg that we always see that's kind of sprinkled on. There's different, different things like that that, that they see because that, that could eliminate a lot of questions and emails from folks that, you know, oh, well, you know, here's some things you'll probably see um, that shouldn't alarm you um, that, that we'll see, on a lot, maybe a wavy egg shell, or again, a lot of times those both, uh, calcium deposits, uh, on the end. So, um, we'll, we'll cover that as well when we come back and then we'll wrap it up. So, hey folks, thanks very much for staying tuned today. Uh, our guest, Peter Brown, also known as the chicken doctor, founder of FirstStateVetsupply.com. He's got tons of stuff for your backyard flock. Um, awesome stuff. If they don't have it. You don't. You, we say they don't have it, you don't need it. Uh, FirstStateFetSupply.com. We'll be back and we're going to finish up talking all about eggshells today. Stay with us. When you need an incubator, think for the incubation specialist. Brincy has been a world-leading manufacturer of incubators for over 30 years. Incubators from 7 to 380 eggs with high-quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity control and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Visit them online at Brensey.com. Brency spelled B-R-I-N-S-E-A. That's Brency.com or call. 1-888-667-7009. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and save 10% on their incubators, brooders, egg candlers, and other incubation accessories. When you need an incubator, think Brentsy, technology you can trust. Pictures of chickens on aprons are common across America, but picture a chicken wearing an apron and you'll probably get a good chuckle. Laugh if you must, but nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster and may even provide protection from an unexpected hawk attack hen savers come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and standard sized hens and roosters colors include camo, denim, navy, brown, khaki or black, and soon pink Crazy K Farm is expanding its already colorful hen saver collection to include the color pink. A portion of their sales will be donated to organizations that fund breast cancer research and awareness. Order your Hensaver aprons today at Hensaver.com. That's Hensaver.com. Ideal Poultry has been a family-owned and operated business since 1937. Their business is built on customer service and quality poultry, from rare white and brown egg layers to broilers, ducks, turkeys, and bantams, Ideal Poultry is the largest supplier of backyard poultry in the United States, shipping close to 5 million chicks annually. Visit them online at IdealPoultry.com. That's IdealPoultry.com. Introducing the Chicken Fountain, a new way to water your flock. The Chicken Fountain will change your life and keep your chickens healthier by providing clean, fresh water every time. No more daily cleaning of dirty chicken waterers. This semi-sealed system keeps every drop of water fresh and clean. Proudly made in the USA, the Chicken Fountain will provide your flock with fresh, clean water for years to come. To order your Chicken Fountain, visit chickenfountain.com. That's chickenfountain.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pins, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pins for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfge.com. That's W-A-R-E-M-F-G-I-N-C.com. Or call them to find a retailer near you at one 888 Ware Manufacturing.
2: Actually, in reality, I am Super Chicken.
0: All right, folks, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. It's Monday, so we've got Peter Brown, also known as the Chicken Doctor, founder of First Aid That Supply. And a reminder, if you tuned in any time during this episode uh, live and uh, maybe halfway through and you're really enjoying what you're hearing and you want to go back and learn a little bit more, you want to go back and listen to it again to take some more notes that you may have missed, no worries. The show, as all the others, will be archived in its entirety for your listening pleasure. So you could listen to this again two years from now if you wanted to or two minutes after it's over if you wanted to. So just remember that uh, and to all of our archive listeners, um you know exactly what I'm talking about. Thank you for listening to the archive. All right, Peter, so uh, we'll continue with um, the supplementation you were going to talk about and then and then maybe give some folks some some uh, reassurance that, hey, these are some things that you might see that, that you're just going to see, having, having hens, having these eggs, you know, some things that you know, shouldn't alarm you.
2: Well, the, uh, as far as supplementation is concerned, um, the... Uh the, the better the ingredients that you're using, the better the outcome uh, and that goes for when I say better um, to use um, a supplement that has uh, zinc, uh, cobalt molybdenum, uh, manganese, iron, uh, copper, uh, and so on in it uh, in in an unusable form doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. um, It's done all the time and and the results are are um, uh, not what one might expect. Uh, so the use of a chelated product, a chelation is the attachment of whatever it is that you're trying to have absorbed, uh, whether it be uh, a chicken, the duck, or turkey, or a cow, or whatever, uh, to a readily absorbed amino acid compound. So that way uh, the whole thing is absorbed uh, as one unit, and it makes it much easier and much quicker for the uh, BIRDS uh, system to break it down. So using a chelated uh, mineral compound, such as our Replimin liquid, um, that we've had um, results with on this show many times before, for not only eggshell problems, but for behavioral problems and so on. uh, Along with, um, let's say, Vitapro-B, which is our flagship uh, vitamin product. um, Using those as supplements, you know we'll go a long way to getting you where you want to go uh, eggshell wise providing that the problem is not being caused by hereditary problems uh or is you know uh being caused by dietary problems that are are being exacerbated by the owner uh, so you could put these things in the water but if you're still feeding a ton of treats on the other side of the road um, you know that we're going to be back at that junction again where nobody's moving so um you know, need to keep that in mind from a, from a supplementation uh, standpoint. Uh, the other thing that's important is uh, to talk about um, supplemental uh, calcium. And um, putting out oyster shell and so on, uh, um, you know, free choice uh, is, is a good thing. Uh, putting enough out in enough spots that birds will go to it if they should need it um, is also helpful. Uh, the other thing that's that's also helpful here is to um, use a um, um, oyster shell uh, that is a, of an appropriate size. Uh, it doesn't have to be huge, but and I'll I'll just throw this out there a little bit, tiny bit, tongue in cheek. So uh, you know, uh, the bigger the better. Okay, uh, uh, as far as the. Uh, particle size of the, uh, um, of the oyster shell is. We don't want stuff that's really, really super small. We don't really want it in a powder uh, or anything like that. Um, and the reason for that is there's no retention then in the gizzard. Okay. And what I mean by retention, the gizzard doesn't hold It's going to grind it up further and spit it out into the intestinal tract, and out the back end goes your, your calcium. with, uh, you know, just a minimal amount of of absorption going to take place uh, through the intestinal wall of of that. So there's no leaching effect, uh, which is what we'd like to have. So if we get oyster shell that's got good particle size, and I I would say, you know, for for smaller birds, I would certainly say nothing under under about at least a sixteenth of an inch, which is not very big, okay? but I would say nothing under a sixteenth of an inch and then on up appropriate size for the bird. Large bird, you can get a large piece, you know, a quarter inch uh, or so. Uh, is really, really nice because it'll stay in the gizzard. The gizzard won't break it down so easily and it'll leach out into the system constantly and constantly be a source of replenishment <coughs> for, the, uh, for the calcium. And uh, bear in mind, they need way more calcium. A bird that's in high production will need 12 times uh, 10 to 12 times more uh, uh, calcium than it'll need phosphorus. Okay, um, so it only needs a minute part of, of phosphorus to make the whole thing work. So uh, you know, sure. bear that in bear that in mind. And that's I mean, that's an old stand. That that idea has been around for a long, long time. I learned that way, way back in in college. You know, when we were just learning about how to take care of chickens. <clears throat> so it's it's nothing new, but it's something that's often forgotten about by folks. Um, but you want to look at the, the particle size. You know, lots of people say, well, you can use limestone. Yeah, you can. But if you going to use it, use a pellet of limestone, you see. But limestone is not necessarily a good choice overall uh, as a sole source because of the fact that it is not really hard compared to oyster shell. So it's going to be more easily broken down. But, hey, you got to go with what you've got. If you something is better than nothing, I can tell you that. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, from, from that standpoint... Um, you know, I would um, uh, certainly look for the oyster shell of a decent size, appropriately sized for the types of birds you have. If you've got real, real small, uh, you know, bantams, um, you know, you might want to select something a little bit smaller, um, something that they can, you know, uh, take down real easy. But uh, I think without any trouble, I've seen birds eating more stuff than you can shake a stick at and um it having,
1: anybody
2: yeah <laughs> having something about a quarter of an inch either in diameter or flat across is not gonna uh, you know people have this this idea that oh they're gonna choke to death, they can't choke to death, they can't, and you know the only way they're gonna choke to death is if they get that down in their trachea, and it's gonna be pretty hard but i've I've seen it happen with 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 chickens on occasion people will feed uh peas a, uh, you know, uncooked peas, hard peas to them, and, and that kind of stuff. And uh, they'll every now and then catch one it will just be the right size to get sucked down that trachea, and then they're they're, they're goners in a matter of seconds. But it does happen, but it's, it's not the norm. So I, I wouldn't hesitate to give something larger uh, to a larger bird. And I think at the end of the day, you know, you'll see, uh, you know, birds that put down a lot better shell. Now, as far as... As far as the uh you know anomalies that you might see uh, almost every one that you see with a with a uh, an eggshell the extra um the extra um uh, uh, calcium attached to the egg. again you might have been checking your drawers when when we uh were talked about that i don't know but uh we um uh that 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 would indicate that there would be a maybe a problem with some vitamin c uh and we might want to supplement with something along those lines or a product that has vitamin C in it uh, because that uh, that causes those kinds of things where you get that extra little curly cue. It's not the only thing, but it's the major thing that will probably cause it. Um, but almost all of the other things that you see, they're not monumental. They're not going to uh, be situations where you don't eat the egg. Okay, These are situations where they're somewhat unsightly, if you're selling them to somebody who's expecting a perfect egg or, or something like that, if you're giving them to friends and family, they should sit down and be quiet because something free is better than going to the store and having to pay for it, and mm-hmm. especially, especially if your birds are free range and that kind of thing. And uh, that seems to be the, the thing that people really like these days. So, um, but as far as the you know, overall anomalies are concerned, um, I think we went through most of them, the slab-sided egg, the thin-shelled egg, the rubber egg uh those are all things that shouldn't be happening uh we went through them with uh you know a, 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 uh, a, a listing basically of, of you know what each one was all about um, we talked about the trace minerals the zinc the uh, magnesium manganese copper uh molybdenum cobalt uh, calcium phosphorus vitamin d three uh all of these things uh, uh and again it it's um what's that word i'm looking for now the relatively new word that we use now the oh, um hang on a second bioavailability that's the new buzzword <laughs> uh, the new bi- bioavailability uh, which is nothing more than means that uh again going back to and i've told this story before i deal with a lot of folks with racing pigeons and other types of pigeons and stuff and uh we'll talk about um building red blood cells for for racing pigeons and um you know, how it needs to be done at least three weeks prior to a race to, uh, to build you know, fresh new blood cells because it takes about, about, takes about 21 days or so, and um, how the addition of, of, of iron can be helpful, and the hemoglobin of the blood and so on. And um, you know uh, from the real old timers, I don't need any fancy stuff. I just take a, I just take a nail and I put it in the water and the, the rust takes care of the iron. Well, it does. Give them rusty water. But that iron is not bioavailable. That that iron will not be absorbed by their system uh, in any way, shape, or form. The dead bird can break it down and, and get anything out of it. So, um, you know, you have to be careful what you're giving. Uh, so I would stick with tried and true supplements uh, and things of that nature. Um, uh, you know, we went into uh, already the um, ways to prevent all of these things uh, and the factors that, that affect them: the, the weather, uh, uh, the diseases, uh, people, uh, you know, uh, abnormalities. Uh, as far as um, here, here's one for you: um, birds that are in the process of laying eggs. Okay, and the egg ends up in the uh, in the shell gland just rough handling that bird can delay that egg from uh, being laid so that the next ovum comes down and sits behind it and then we get a shell inside of a shell, uh, we get an egg yolk on top of a shell inside of another shell and all that kind of stuff until it decides that it's going to move on out. Okay, So um, that is nothing necessarily to worry about except uh, if the kids are throwing the hen from one end of the henhouse to the other playing catch or they're chasing it around the yard or uh, you have an uh, uh, inor- inordinate amount of pressure from roosters and or other hens bullying in, in the, in the uh, henhouse. All of these things are going to play into the uh, quality of that eggshell and the internal quality of that egg as well. Uh, but um, when, you're, when you're looking at the calcium, uh, you want to make sure you get that size correct Uh, free choice, uh, supplement when you need to, and I think life will get better for the eggshell. Andy, did you have a question?
0: Okay, you know what? I, I just talked about two minutes straight, and you didn't say anything back, and I found out that I was on mute.
1: <laughs> so uh, I'm
0: not going to go into all of that again of what I said. It was very methodical and, and very good about the new chicken owner and about when they are at the chickens they started getting here in the spring, start laying in October, or August, and September, uh, about how they can refer back to this episode. And, And uh, all of that we talked about, see what else I talked about, two minutes, I talked about how uh, it it, it all goes into, you know, we always often say, um, uh, I know what's coming out of my chicken because I know what's going into my chicken, and then we've got eggshell problems, and you need to reevaluate what's going into your chicken (laughs) because something's either not there, they're not getting enough. You've got folks that the first thing they're going to do, Peter, is run out to the tractor supply and get a bag of oyster shell and start giving it free choice. And... um, and then that may fix a problem or two but then it may not and they'll go and they may start putting it into the water, and then, uh, it's just, uh, and then they'll follow that path and come back and listen to the show and get different ideas. Like you said, it may be not enough D, but they can't utilize the D because they don't have a good C in there. And then they've got to get the C to utilize the D and all these other things that, that work together in order for them to utilize that. And uh, we don't want them utilizing all of that out of their bones. I mean, think they're laying an egg every day. You're going to expect them to utilize all that calcium in a 24-hour period every single day that they're laying. It's just a, a major feat for these hens. But... Um, yeah, we we talk about the too many trees or the scratch or non nutritionally balanced uh, uh, regimen for them and and things like that. And we wonder why we're having uh, egg problems versus just you know crushing up some eggshell and giving it to them and uh, or, or the oyster shell and think that's going to fix the problem when uh, you could give them tons of that and and they still are uh, you're not satisfied with the uh, the strength of the the, the eggshell. So um, no, great show. I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I hope you have a good week. We look forward to having you back on uh, next Monday. But uh, again, timely topic because these folks that have these chickens. They're raising them now. they got them in the spring. They're looking forward to their counting down the weeks until they see their first egg. And and, and let's face it, they're going to see some crazy eggs. They'll start off a little smaller and then all of a sudden they'll pop out this egg that you'll think, oh my God, how is this hen still alive after laying the size of this egg? And (laughs) and then you'll get an egg with, like you said, an eggshell within an eggshell and three yolks and one yolk while they're trying to get get situated. People are going to see a lot of weird things. They always do. They post pictures of it. Have you ever seeing this look at the size of this egg look at this baby egg uh they'll call it they'll call it egg farts sometimes on the you'll so you'll see look at this little egg fart it's just tiny little egg about the size of a quarter then they'll get one the size of a, a dixie cup it's uh it's, it's interesting how that works but um thanks Elmanon, on nonetheless and uh and, and hopefully uh i'm not going to come down with uh Rocky Mountain spotted fever from the stick that was on me, <laughs> <laughs> and her uh, Lyme disease. That's a serious thing. I, I met a lady. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I don't guess I personally know anybody that's had that, and then I talked to a lady when I was on tour. She won the contest with the chicken limo, and just to hear her story and, and the, the road she's traveled with this and, and the non-help that's out there from the medical professionals about this disease still I remember hearing about Lyme disease back in the 80s and they
1: still not
0: that they're they're, I don't guess not that they're discounting it or or anything like that but to any of my listeners out there that are struggling with Lyme disease my heart goes out to you because she she shared with me her struggle and the lack of help and trying to find a doctor that would take her seriously or would take the disease the, the disease seriously and and uh, and get the treatment that she needed. Well, she just, uh, just uh, so so if you're out there and and you've got that, my, 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 okay. uh, I'll add you to my prayer list because uh, there's no no fun from from uh, um, the the folks that I've talked to and even recently somebody that really opened my eyes and educated me on it. So, but. Um, Anyway, yes, I've had it on me years and I just like but we're here in the woods, it is that time of the year and I was sitting under some trees getting ready for the show and I should have been under the awning and I wasn't and <laughs> felt something crawl on. And in fact my sister was down visiting my dad, that's why I'm here. He had a um, hip replacement last week. So we're all oh, kind wow. of taking turns taking taking care and uh, she was out in his yard. He were, lives on in a very wooded area and she said that she went to walk the dogs and came home there was a tick on her leg so i guess the tis the season may you know late late spring early summer and something to look out for i told Jen to check the kids before she put them down for a nap a few minutes ago when i was in there getting checked myself so she didn't see anything but um we've heard two stories three actually somebody else kathy who uh runs this park we're at now uh she said that she had one on her this week as well so they're i guess they're waking up and getting active tis the season but um, I guess they need to get some chickens and some guineas here to start eating these ticks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you they know, um, pot- I have I have a a client that that's had it for quite a few years and it's very debilitating, and um, they, yeah, they've yeah. struggled with it and struggled with it and struggled with it, but on more medications than you can shake a stick at. So, um, have, know, have I, they
0: had, have they shared with you the the, the 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 struggles they've had? Not just the the physical pain and the anguish, and but but not being able to get any cooperation. Or or help, or or, so. Okay, so yeah, I was uh, I was amazed at that because I, you know, I just started hearing about it. I guess back in the eighties, Lyme disease, and Mm -hmm. and then and you can go to the CDC website and they acknowledge that it exists and 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 what different ticks it can come from and and parts of the country and things like that. But but Mm -hmm. then there 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 there's either not any research, money spent on on. cure or treatment or anything like that. She says she's been shunned by many doctors that it's just not necessarily in her head, but it's just, uh, oh, this is just not something. It really amazed me. I really got educated with one of my fans.
2: um,
1: Yes, well,
0: you know, I I will
2: say this, that as far as doctors are concerned, um, um, it it depends on on the doctor who, to me, a doctor um, is a person who is supposed to keep the yap shut, listen, and then decide from what the patient's giving them, information-wise, you know, uh, what this could possibly be, and then embark on a, a program to figure out what it is, uh, a course of treatment, and see how it, how it all works out. If it's not working, you need to reevaluate and, and look at it. But I'll, I'll share this with you. I don't think I have before. If I have, I don't mean to be redundant. But last year I had to find another general practitioner, so I um you know most of them here are not taking new patients so that's a problem. So I, mm-hmm. I found found this guy and um he was a doctor, you know, got a an office in a shingle. So I made an appointment and I went over there to see him. Should have been a tip off when I got there that there were I was the only one in the waiting room. Okay? Okay? I mean I've never in all the years I've been going to doctors I've never ever been the only one in the waiting room ever. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, usually 92, you know, (laughs) but, you know, standing room only, you know, no tickets being given out. But anyway, I I went to this guy, and, you know, due to, you know, the uh, health issues I had a couple years ago, we're all well aware of, I'm not going to go into it, you know, I have all of this information and history uh, in my hand, okay, all of my uh, blood pressures, uh, heart rates, all of my blood work, cholesterol, everything, all of this stuff, I've got it all nicely neat and organized, so he can just slip through it and look at it and get a, a gist of what's going on over the last, you know, couple of years, uh, you know, and so on. And I hand him this stuff, and he goes through all this stuff and and uh, asks me a bunch of different questions about this, that, and the other. And uh, this, his his direct comment. Now Tammy said to me, he said, she said, I'm surprised you didn't haul off and hit him. <laughs> But I said no. I just have come to the re- you know to the realization that some of these guys are just jackasses, and that's the way it is. And I think this is what happens you know with with this Lyme disease thing. But anyway, this guy he looks at all of this information that I gave him. And I, the only reason I gave him the information is because he doesn't know me. You know, it's yeah, not like that's my first visit. I figured what better way to indoctrinate him as to where I was with my health and where I am now, what I do to keep myself where I'm at, you know. Mm-hmm. He says to me, he said, well, what I see here is a, is a healthy person who's anal. Oh, that my was God. it. That was it. I mean, that was it. You know, I kind of looked at him like I said, okay, <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> that's what you think, you know. But, uh, you know, of course, I've never been back. And, uh, uh, well, I wonder this how many doctors what, out there listen to the show that would be like, if I had a patient
0: that would, was that concerned about his health, um, it would make my job so much easier. I mean, that, that's the way I look at it. The doctors yeah. that I know and I've talked to and are friends yeah. with over the years from being a paramedic. I'm like, you know, it's um, uh, in, versus. Oh my gosh, this guy's actually going to listen to what I have to say yeah. and implement what I have to say and my recommendations possibly. And and uh, you know, most people. So, what medications you're on? Um, well, let me think here for a minute. And and what doses? Oh man, I really couldn't tell you. And, and all this stuff. All this, you know, he should have been. Uh, um, uh, welcoming you to his office and opens arms thinking, oh, my gosh, here's a patient that's going to cooperate and is equally concerned about his health as, as I am or, yeah. or should be. And
2: You know what I'm saying? That's,
0: that's yeah. amazing. And, that,
2: and to me, they're not doctors. As far as I am concerned, from my perspective as, as a you know, potential uh, patient, um, his license should be pulled. And that may sound drastic to people, but if he's doing it to me, he's doing it to the next one that walks through the door. You know, I mean, I was totally prepared. You know, had everything that a, a doctor would want. When I finally did get another physician, he couldn't believe all the stuff. Like he said, "Man, this is great." He said, "You know, I, I know you know where it you've been. Know. I know where you are." He said, "And you know, we we can work on this together." And and we do. And you know, even my cardiologist you know it. He told me, he said, I wish all my patients would do what you do. I said, well, I'm interested, in staying, I'm interested in staying alive. That's my goal. I don't know about anybody else, <laughs> but my goal is to keep breathing, you know, above the ground, Absolutely. you know. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, one thing before before I go here, I want to say, too, um, just sitting here thinking about things, running some stuff through my, my brain. Um, yeah. You know, as birds age, um, they, like humans, lose some of the ability for proper absorption uh, through the intestinal wall and so on um, you know things that play to that then are problems with worms problems with coccidiosis uh, enteritis, all those kinds of, anything to damage the villi. We've talked about the villi before, the amber waves of grain in the field. Uh, you hold your fingers up and the, the, each one of your fingers is, is, is a villi and, and the uh, absorption takes place basically in that V that, uh, that you're looking at. So when you destroy those or you impair them or you impair their ability to absorb the nutrients properly through the intestinal wall, uh, it makes it more difficult. Um, and as, as birds age, they lose some of that ability naturally. You, you know, you, you, so you have to try to find a way to overcome it. And one thing I want to mention about older birds, and it worked for young birds too, is that try to get them to eat all they can before they go to roost. Because if you think about it this way, that ovum, that egg, is going to spend approximately 19 hours or so in that shell gland and that that shell is really going to be for the most part formed overnight for those that lay almost first thing in the morning and and certainly for those that lay a couple hours after uh, after their uh, uh, daylight Uh, and certainly for a bird that's a midday layer okay so it is critical that enough feed be uh, given to the birds uh, during that period of time before they go to roost they should have access to plenty of cool drinking water and plenty of good feed, let them load up on it and encourage them to load up on it as best you can, and not junk, the regular feed that they're supposed to have, that finished feed we've been talking about, and it may just help those eggshells come out a little bit better because it, the, you know, the dietary uh, content will be there. And I think you know that's just another tool in the toolbox. So, um, And uh, we'll see what people, you know, if anybody has any questions, they always shoot me an email or give me a call on the phone, one or the other. Did you go mute again? Chicken BR at first state supply dot. You must have chicken been on BR you call. must have been on mute. Oh, oh did you <laughs> did you
1: not? Yeah. Did
2: no. You oh, heard that oh, it, yeah. Yeah, you yeah, we, but you missed part of it, so Okay, gotcha. Chicken D R at first state. That is supply.com.
0: Cool Beans. All righty, very good. Hey, great information. Uh, an interesting segue from Lyme disease and and, and different doctor experiences to uh, back back uh, right back to uh, chicken health and uh, eggshell. So
2: yeah, it's all important cool all
0: the way around, human or otherwise. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, man, it's always great to have you on, Peter. You're a great friend, and uh, your uh, uh, information is um, just uh, invaluable. It's awesome for everybody, and, and you just tell it like it is, and that's what we appreciate and love about you. So thanks for coming on, and we'll see you next Monday as always, my friend. We will see you. Appreciate it. Great. Thank you. All right, that's going to wrap up another episode of Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer. We thank you very much for tuning in today. Um, we're lining up the show tomorrow, um, I think we'll have a coop company here talking about their coops, so uh, you're not going to want to miss that. And we'll even talk about coops, what needs to be incorporated in a coop. When I'm going around the country and, and doing my, my seminars, um, it, it is amazing to me how some people just kind of discount some of the features of a coop, like the roost, for example. They just think, oh, the roost made out of wood, just a big bar they sit on and they don't think anything else of it. But um, I educate them so much on on just the roost. When you think about it, the roost is very influential in your chicken's lives. Think about how many hours they are on that roost. They go to roost at night as the sun's setting, and they're not off that roost. And for most cases, until the sun comes up, that could be anywhere from 7 to 12 hours, depending on what season it is. So uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, 12 hours on that roost. That roost is important in your chicken's life. So we talk about that a lot. Talk about ventilation. Talking about bedding. So maybe tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about hoops Things maybe you haven't thought about your coop, what kind of the bedding, uh, the nesting box, what kind of things to put in the bedding in the nesting box, ventilation, like I said. And we'll talk about these coops that uh, this particular coop manufacturer is making. So we'll talk about that as well. Maybe tomorrow we'll talk all about chicken coops. So you're not going to want to miss that show. Hey, we appreciate you tuning in today. We hope you have a wonderful day. We hope you can tune in tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh and we will see you then. God bless everybody. Thanks for tuning in.